And welcome everyone to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast latest episode. In fact, we are reaching double digits, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a busy last seven days in the squared circle all over this great world. And we're getting to a lot of it on today's show because I think this is going to be a lot more fun because we'll get into individual things instead of me running down card by card. I'm going to try and avoid doing that nearly as much. I've, I've noticed those don't get nearly as much run as me kind of talking about some of the big headlines and some of the Big observations I have had on the programming that's been going on as of late. So let's get right into it. And I want to start off by saying that I've re-realized something. This means I've realized this once again. It was something I didn't necessarily think about until recently. But I think if you watched AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, like everybody else did, because they wound up crushing it, the demo god strikes again, and AEW is dominating right now and I think it's justifiably so because of the unpredictable nature of the entire program now you don't know what's going to happen from show to show and this was another strong case of what they did and this is a big reason why I wanted I was looking forward to the show Eddie Kingston is one of the best guys that's never made it to the big time and yeah he's got his issues like most of us do but I think he's done the right thing and scrubbed most of that stuff from existence. But I think Eddie Kingston is so good. It's a damn shame he has never made it to a major promotion. Yeah, he's been part of Impact Wrestling, but he wasn't part of Impact Wrestling when it was TNA back in the late 2000s to where you could say he was legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the business and being part of it. But he is so damn good. I immediately flipped over because, full disclosure, I was not going to watch Dynamite like right away. I was going to be like, watching it for the second it starts, the second it finishes. This go-around, I basically flipped the script, and I said I was going to watch it just for the major announcement that NXT was going to have, and then I basically go to the last button on my TV, and it shows Cody Rhodes out there to start off the show. I immediately flipped over to TNT because I want to see what happens. They hyped it up enough to make you wonder, who is going to come out for Cody Rhodes to face off against this week? They mentioned a major independent star. I did not think it was going to be Eddie Kingston, and then this promo happens, and this is really what put it over for me. The man absolutely crushed it with this promo. You talk about living this rough life, all that jazz. No one's going to outgrind you, all that stuff. My man, it's easy to say that when you grew up around used to be legends like Arn Anderson. Yeah, you heard me. Keep shooting murder ones at me, and I'll knock your jaw right off your face, partner. You know what I grew up around? You know what I grew up around? Alcoholics. Junkies. I grew up around that. And I had to survive. I had to grind. You couldn't last a day in my shoes. So you don't tell me nothing about grinding. You talk about the sport of pro wrestling? That's a joke. Because every person you faced has been a child. I am a grown-ass man. And I will put you in the ground and smile. Just raw and real, Padna. Exactly what Eddie Kingston is. And a big reason why AEW just feels a lot more entertaining because of the fact that they let the wrestlers speak the way they do. Don't tell them basically color by numbers, and we've already seen the future of AEW look bright. And this is a big reason why I loved this whole 
opening segment. The promo hit a lot of different points. You only heard like a small snippet of it because I didn't want to play the full thing and probably run the risk of getting him a cease and desisted by All Elite Wrestling for that. But it was just absolutely raw and real, amazing, and it's exactly what Eddie Kingston is. And again, he's speaking the way he speaks. It was a lot like what he's done in the NWA because if you listen to his NWA promos, this was very similar. The way he was saying it, things, and he was doing things, it absolutely hit a different way. And I love the fact that Eddie Kingston was involved in AEW. And the match itself was really good, too. This was a absolutely great opener in my mind because I just did not expect half the stuff that they did to actually happen. They made it a no-DQ match, which was awesome to begin with. And then you have, towards the end of the match, Eddie Kingston breaking out the thumbtacks. Did not see that coming at all. Never thought in a million years I'd see a thumbtack spot, one, be executed, and two, be done on national television in 2020. That's something I did not have in my bingo card. But then again, the pandemic, all bets are off. I have to say, I absolutely loved this match. It was a ton of fun. And probably a match that continues to really speak to something I've thought about a lot in the past. Is that Cody Rhodes plays the babyface in distress so damn well. It's impressive to see how much he can continue to be the damsel in distress, if you will, and still be able to come out on top, overcome the odds. I cannot wait to see what happens next. Next week, I think it should be the main event in my book. Because another thing that has frustrated me is how AEW has continually put the TNT title either in the main event or the last few weeks been put at the bottom of the card, being able to be the opener, the curtain jerker. I think you could put this as a main event match on Dynamite. Cody versus Warhorse. The hype has been surrounding this for weeks now, and now we finally get to see the main event that everybody's been looking forward to, Cody versus Warhorse. Give it to me. Put it in my veins. And sure, they'll probably wind up going the route of the Elite and their main event, but it just does not hold a candle to what I think will be a amazing main event type match. Big fight feel. Give me that a whole hell of a lot more over maybe what they've delivered over the last few weeks. AEW has been crushing it. WWE, not so much. And, you know, I'll say this. After what happened on Extreme Rules, I was looking forward to seeing something different. I just wanted to see something that was ever so slightly different in the sense of the production, sense of, oh, hey, what was going to happen in the ring? And they did that. I absolutely enjoyed last week's Monday Night Raw because of the fact that they just said, you know what? We're not going to act like this happened. We're going to move on from it and do things a different way. I loved the way this main event happened. This was perfect. The way they did Monday Night Raw was perfect. The way NXT was this week was really good. The bar fight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, not getting as much love as I thought it would. I felt like this was going to be a major main event that people were going to be entirely invested in all the way through. But going back to Eddie Kingston, this guy needs to be signed by AEW soon because I think he could wind up being a great foil to a lot of superstars. And I think Eddie Kingston, of all the guys that could potentially be signing to AEW in the not-too-distant future, because there's a lot of guys that everybody wants to see where they go. Case in point, Heath Slater. What happens with him? Brian Myers. What happens with him? Zack Ryder. There are a lot of questions on the table. Where do all these guys go? Now that their 90-day contracts are up, what happens there? We know the Good Brothers are in impact for a while. 
They weren't going to AEW. There's a lot of questions surrounding that. But Eddie Kingston should be a guy. He's in the NWA right now, but as of right now, things aren't necessarily on good ground at this point in time when you look at the National Wrestling Alliance post Dave Lagana's departure, and they've basically been a radio silent. Billy Corgan still wants to do this thing, but it seems easier said than done. But Eddie Kingston, without a doubt, should be the next big signing for AEW because he is an absolute monster. He's fun in the ring, but even better with the promos. And I think I enjoyed that a whole hell of a lot more than I thought I would heading into it. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. You're listening to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. We'll come back and we'll talk about the WWE's Plan B, potentially where they could be hosting shows if Florida doesn't allow it and a whole lot of other things coming up in just a second. All right, welcome back to Cajun Strong Style, your exclusive pro wrestling podcast for 103.7 The Game. And I got to say, I was looking forward to talking a lot about what was going on in the 20 by 20 squared circle. But lo and behold, we see some news pop up over on Monday. And this was about what's going on with the sport of pro wrestling and what is happening with the WWE and their shareholder meeting. And there was a lot of interesting things that came out of this shareholders meeting. It'll break down some of the sound in a little bit, but I want to start off by talking about what happens with the backup plan. According to Vince McMahon, in a conference call he had as part of his basically shareholders meeting that happened today. And basically he said, let's just say there's always a B plan. I don't want to say right now exactly what that would be, but there is a B plan. And McMahon also talked about the possibility of returning to live events. And and he mentioned, quote, we obviously have to follow what's going on, and sometimes you think you have the answer, then, uh-oh, COVID-19 makes a more se- severe impact than you imagined to begin with. And he said they're working with arenas, a number of tentative dates, and those tentative dates keep moving back sometimes. But with our form of entertainment, it's imperative that we have fans to interact with, and we continue to look forward to pinpoint exactly when we're going to return. They were going to return at SummerSlam, but Boston largely kind of nipped that in the bud real quick like, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that going forward. But I mentioned we're going to play some sound for you. I don't normally do this, but honestly, this is a very weird time. But more importantly, it was interesting to hear some of the stuff that Triple H and Vince McMahon said. And we'll start off with Vince McMahon talking about some of the low ratings the WWE has experienced, the lowest of all time, he mentioned during this conference call about those low ratings during COVID-19. Next question is, with the continued downturn in ratings, what is management's plans on improving ratings in the long term? We'll turn to Vince uh, for perspective. Okay. We have a 30-plus year track record of creating compelling characters and engaging a variety of audiences. And we obviously remain confident we can continue that with our collective ability. Even in the most challenging environments, with no live audience. Um, the media ecosystem obviously has changed and we change with it. Our engagement metrics across platforms are understandably and obviously, however, the importance of linear programming is paramount in, in all of our businesses. We consistently have seen year-over-year increases in a variety of digital metrics and engagement. And the positive trends have continued even during COVID. 
Conversely, TV viewership trends have been negatively impacted by the COVID, obviously, uh, and no uh, lack of a live audience. Uh, we, we are still, nonetheless, the number one television show in the USA and consistently number one broadcast show on Fridays among key demos. We expect a combination of valuable promotional inventory from our TV partners with the return of sports, events programming, and a deep roster of charismatic talent. We have a positive impact on viewership over the long term. Interesting stuff right there from Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And I definitely think he, he's kind of hold himself accountable for the fact that the ratings are down, but he's definitely still feeling like there's a chance that they could turn this around. Another quick quote from Vince McMahon. This is towards the end of the call, talking about if WWE will be building brand new stars. Uh, the next question is with fans, not in arena. Brock Lesnar out and ratings uh, declining. Will Vince and new head writer Bruce Prichard use, use this time to build up new stars? And return to Vince for some perspective. Sure. I mean, you know, you want to continue to build stars no matter, no matter what time uh, it is. So, um, I, as Paul just mentioned about NXT talent, he, he has a, done an extraordinary job of creating new stars. And as they continue to evolve, they'll continue to come up to Raw and SmackDown. So there's this this influence of new superstars uh, uh, coming into both Raw and SmackDown. And in addition to that, there are ways you know that we now promote talent in a more effective way, and that's with uh, digital and, and social media. Uh, as opposed to the normal way, we do not have a live audience, and of course that, to us, is, is paramount. They're like the third performer in the ring uh, in terms of our interaction uh, with with our audience. So nonetheless, it, it is a good time. Uh, you know, continue with a digital and social imprint and this land grab that we have, uh, and uh, which is substantial. We'll continue that, and again, new stars coming up. And, you know, he definitely kind of waffled it back and saying, hey, you know, it's hard to kind of get a top star in the world where you don't have fans inside the stands. That's a strong point from him. But at the same time, he also kind of was going back towards NXT, which is something Triple H talked about and talked about the NXT brand. And we'll play a clip of that right now. Again, this is coming from the shareholders meeting earlier today. A couple clips more. And this is Triple H talking about the NXT brand. The next question is, what is the strategy for the NXT brand? To be a minor league AAA equivalent or flagship brand? And how are NXT ratings relative to competition affecting our marketing? We'll turn to Paul. So I think if you were to look at the NXT brand, it would be both. That while it is, as Frank mentioned earlier, a third global brand, along with Ron SmackDown and, and our partners at USA, it is also a um, the, the the place where we make new stars and increase our um, increase the talent and stars for the future of, of both Raw and SmackDown. So that is the pipeline, and that is the if you wanted to say the feeder system, it is that. But it also has become its own third brand. Um, as far as the ratings go, I'm very happy with them, especially in the current circumstances. Um, Everything is going well. We look at the long term of that, not the short term of that. And um, the long term is very exciting. We have a lot of stars there, a lot of hungry young athletes, and the pipeline to bring in 
more as they continue to train and get better is uh, very exciting. The future is very bright in that regard. And also Triple H was actually asked about AEW because the question was asked by a member of the shareholders meeting mentioning the question is that AEW is taking up some of the market share. Can you comment on some of the ratings trends related to all elite wrestling? And here's what Mr. H, a.k.a. in kayfabe or in real life, Paul Levesque. Thank you, Michael. Um, Obviously, as Vince mentioned earlier, the health and safety of our performers, employees, and crew are the company's top priorities. And since the beginning of this, around mid-March, we have been producing content on closed sets with only essential personnel in attendance and following guidelines set forth by our medical team in conjunction with state and local officials and, and the CDC. Now, the protocol for these closed sets are extraordinary and include heightened safety and sanitizing during use, long-duration electrostatic antimicrobial sprays and coatings, and pandemic-level cleanings and disinfecting between and after our events. As it relates to our talent, production crew, and employees, we conduct COVID-19 testing in advance of any TV or content production using polymerase chain reaction or PCR testing, which is the most statistically valid, highest level of accuracy test available today. No one is allowed to enter a WWE closed set without a negative COVID-19 test. Once on set, individuals must wear masks when talent are not performing, social distancing and sanitize where appropriate. In the event of a positive test result, individuals must self-quarantine for a minimum of 14 days and will not be cleared to work until they are symptom-free and test negative. Extensive contact tracing is done following any positive test and individuals possibly exposed or identified and quarantined appropriately. Um, And this process is constantly being updated. We're looking at this every day, our medical staff um, working with state and local officials, as I mentioned, and the CDC to reflect the most current data and medical recommendations available. That's interesting to hear that from Triple H talking about how they view AEW in this point in time. And again, it's a brand new promotion. They've barely been around like a year and a half at this point. You're nearing the second all-out show, Labor Day weekend. Hopefully that can be inside of a venue with fans. Seems unlikely, but it will be interesting to see what happens with All Out and everything else that's going on with All Elite Wrestling. And, you know, it was wild to hear Triple H mention the fact that they've been successful for many, many years and have a strong track record. And Mr. H, I think I would have to disagree with you. And we'll get back to him in a little bit because I think there is something else that we need to talk about when it comes to Triple H, because first of all, it's his birthday today when we're taping this on a Monday, so happy birthday to Trips, 51 years old, but it was also on the Pat McAfee show, but we'll talk about all that later in the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. We'll be back after this to continue a little bit of conversation more about pro wrestling and what's going on with New Japan Pro Wrestling, because they've got a big show that they recently announced, and we'll talk about that a whole lot more next. You're listening to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 1037 Games exclusive Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast, your exclusive Pro Wrestling Podcast, courtesy of 1037 The Game. Appreciate you listening in, however you're doing so, be it through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast app 
you have that you can listen to us through. We appreciate the hell out of you. But one of the things that popped up over the weekend, first of all, New Japan puts together some great shows once again. I'm not going to get to all those in too great of detail. Because honestly, there's a lot of other things I would love to spend time talking about. And looking at Japan, they had a lot of interesting stuff happen over the weekend. One of those is the Summer Struggle in Jingu was announced. And it's going to be really cool. It's going to be taking place at Jingu Stadium. This is a ballpark. It'll be going on. It's going to start on July 26th at Karukan Hall. You had two nights over the weekend for the Summer Struggles Tour. But it's all culminating August 29th in Jingu Ballpark. And it's obviously something that doesn't happen all that often. And this was actually announced during intermission during the Sengoku Lords show that happened over the weekend. And the capacity is 37,933 people. Now, the number is going to be obviously lower, probably around the range of 10,000 due to social distancing still being practiced. Case in point, you look at what they've done since Dominion. They've allowed more fans, but it's been about 33%. So presumably, I'd say about 10,000 based off of those numbers. And New Japan actually has not held a show like that since... August of 1999 when they had a barbed wire barricade explosive landmine double hell death match which is absolutely amazing between Muda and the great Nita and I have to say that was a lot of I have to go look back at that match but I've heard nothing but great things and this is going to be something that I think New Japan is going to start moving towards a lot more to be able to have I'd say not as much more fans but fans that you can see are a lot more visible because it feels like at times when you look at the way New Japan does some of their arena shows, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of fans there. I think whenever you have a ballpark, you have more room, and out of the fact you got a little bit better lighting. I can't wait to see how Summer Struggle in Jingu looks on August the 29th when this does happen. It's going to be really cool and also kind of follows the anniversary 21 years ago of Battle of the Summer, their last big ballpark stadium event. But honestly, you know, I think everybody's also talking about what New Japan World's doing in terms of a new series called New Japan Strong, which will premiere this summer. I'll be on New Japan World starting August 7th at 9 o'clock our time in the Central Zone. But that's not the only thing that was talked about involving pro wrestling in Japan. And this actually came out earlier this year that DDP Pro's parent company, Cyber Agent, purchased Pro Wrestling Noah, And this actually is officially announced as merging to streamline costs in in order to better compete with New Japan. Now, this is going to be interesting to see what happens with the way NOAA and DDT work and what could happen with them going forward. Could they be starting up a partnership with the WWE? Because we know that World Wrestling Entertainment was aggressively pursuing a company that they could use to establish themselves as NXT Japan, but obviously that really hasn't had a whole lot of things surface to it at the fact that we're in the middle of a, a, a global pandemic. Hello. But I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen with this relationship because Noah really doesn't have a true home in a sense. You know, ROH has the relationship with New Japan, but who's to say that AEW wouldn't want to try and get into that conversation to get more of those international stars because we saw early on they had a lot of guys like like Seema out there early on in those first couple AEW shows. We didn't we haven't seen much of those kind of guys since. But I'd love to see Noah and DDT Pro, a company that Kenny Omega has 
a great relationship with work with AEW in that in a sense once we get done with uh, the global pandemic stuff that we got going on in the world. Because MLW has since kind of switched alliances from Noah to Dragon Gate. So that leaves Pro Wrestling Noah and DDT Pro who have merged in an interesting spot right here right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with that. But overall, I am looking forward to seeing a lot of pro wrestling in Japan, hopefully down the road, because they are absolutely crushing it in terms of you know what's been going on with the WWE and AEW. I want to see that similar thing happen in, with Japan, because New Japan has been the big dog, and they've been absolutely crushing it. But competition will always make brands better. It always make for a lot more entertaining conversation. Imagine twenty years ago if WWE basically had already destroyed WCW well before that point, whenever they took over and were able to be at the peak of their powers. What happens then? Like the water cooler, the water cooler conversation isn't necessarily all about Stone Cold. It's about you know Hulk Hogan coming back, but it doesn't necessarily have as much chutzpah to it as it did you know ten twenty years ago. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you look at way Pro Wrestling's been, where everybody's largely set themselves up to be, you know, pretty neutral. But I'm still looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there. All right, this is the Cajun Strong Sound Podcast. We got one more segment, and I got to say, there's one more thing we'll get to, and it's been a great work. I can't wait to see how this angle finishes out. You're listening to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast exclusively through 103.7 Game. All right, wrapping up this edition of the Cajun Strong Style Podcast, I got to say, the big thing that I've been looking forward to talking to, talking about all week is the Adam Cole-Pat McAfee battle. The the war of words, if you will. This happened last Thursday. And you actually, I'm going to hear this. This is courtesy of the Pat McAfee show. Just as they were getting off air, they were kind of having fun, shooting the breeze, doing some things. Live on YouTube, this didn't wind up airing on CBS Sports Radio, as far as I can tell. But Adam Cole, Pat McAfee put together a work unlike any other. So let's get to that clip right now. Don't believe that. We've watched the takeovers, Adam. The Undisputed Era is the main reason why you've succeeded. But by the way, smart. That's good business. Hey, that's business, baby. That's very smart. And especially for you, because, you know, you're kind of (laughs) small. We're going to go with the size thing now. Seriously, I'm sick of your shit. I come the whole way here, take time away from my family to come to do your stupid show. And you're going to continue to disrespect me. Don't touch me. Whoa. No, you. No, get out of here. I had to bleep some of the stuff. And, you know, Adam Cole has since apologized for this. This actually came out a little bit before, like, 9 o'clock on Monday. Adam Cole went on Twitter and put out a official statement saying that he apologizes, and, you know, here's the full quote. I've had the weekend to think about everything, and it's still hard to put into words where to begin. First of all, to anyone I offended, I apologize. I apologize because I represent a brand that commands respect, not just because of what we do in the ring, but how we hand ourselves outside the ring. Even though he continued to push my buttons, I still should have kept my composure and acted like a professional. I'm embarrassed by my reaction. I'll make sure something like that never happens again. Thanks for the continued support, everyone, in quote, from Adam Cole, baby. Now, the real question is, what does Mr. H think about it? Again, it's his birthday today, and he was on the Pat McAfee show today. 
and actually discuss a little bit about the what I'm going to call the incident, the equivalent of, of uh, Pat McAfee and Adam Cole is the modern day Jim Rome and Jim Everett, a.k.a. Chris Everett. You guys have had a relationship for a while, positively, partially, and then becoming negative. And I think it started from a place of you participating in shows back in Indianapolis when you first came to a show, I believe. Yep. Um, and you guys had interaction from the showbiz side of this. And um, I believe sometimes those lines get blurred and you guys had a relationship that, as you were around the shows, became somewhat more contentious behind the scenes. Um, you know, And but I, I don't know that either one of you necessarily saw that so much as it was a fun irritation that was interesting for people. And then you get to this point where... You know, Adam calls me last week, says I'm going to be in town. McAfee invited me on the show. Hey, is it cool if I do it? I say yes. A little bit in my mind thought, I hope that goes well, not knowing it would become what it becomes. And I think everybody's hypersensitive um, in today's world a little bit, especially. But, you know, I apologize for Adam coming on your show. He is the nicest guy in the world on a lot of levels. Um, comes on your show. There's a interaction between the two of you that I believe is Adam being a little bit overly sensitive Tinker. and you honestly, Pat being Pat McAfee, which is your professional needle pusher. Whoa. Right? You're, hey. you're a professional <laughs> button pusher. That's what you do. You needle people for a living. You do it very well. It's how you've made a name for yourself. Mr. H handling things in a diplomatic way and making you wonder, is this a work? Is this a shoot? There's a lot of different questions surrounding What's going on with the entire thing that was going on? Because they've had their interactions in the past. They've definitely kind of prodded each other's buttons, pushed each other's buttons, and it works. This will be interesting to see how this whole storyline goes. What happens next with NXT, Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. You've got NXT TakeOver 30 coming up down the road, so that's going to be fun to see what happens next with AEW. NXT, Pat McAfee, Adam Cole, baby, and everything else that has that it has to offer in the not too distant future. So give me all of this right here, right now, because I think we need it. You know, we just had baseball back. You have soccer; it's been back. Basketball is coming back this week, but we still see huge numbers for AEW, despite the fact you have baseball back. SmackDown on Fox looked great in their kind of first night with baseball up against it. They crushed that demographic. Now, the real question is going to be, can they do that when you got basketball and baseball going on at the same time? If you throw a little college football in the mix, anything goes. And that's going to do it for the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you leave a nice review for us. Five stars. If you're in the Tokyo Dome right now, I'd give you a lot of credit for being there, but also give us six stars if you're out there in the Tokyo Dome. More importantly, subscribe to us on iTunes, the Google Play Podcast. Just search 1037 The Game. You better get that, along with all the other great content that we got, like the Louis Prejean Podcast, the Rap Game Podcast, all of our regular shows. We got so many different things that you can listen to, and we'll talk to you next time.